welcome to Glow From Within podcast. I'm your host, Harmony Patton, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, as well as a holistic intuitive healer. I'm a mom of two, a wife to one, and I work with a spiritually inclined, growth-minded, soulful-ass woman who's looking to heal from within and unlock her deepest potential by doing so. If you're looking to make your health, hormones, and gut your superpower, you've come to the right place. This is Glow From Within Podcast. Okay, welcome. I hope you're excited because I know I am. I've got my glass of wine right here, and I had dropped a question box in my Instagram stories, And I asked you guys to give me questions that would make me uncomfortable. (gasps) Now, I will say, I don't know that any of these questions actually made me uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm pretty comfortable talking about most things. So there's that. Like a few things that would make me actually uncomfortable to talk about just because I feel like I... I don't know, personal things I'm not uncomfortable talking about, but when it's things that I'm just not as knowledgeable on, that's typically what I'm more uncomfortable talking about because I'm just like, hey, I don't really know. I don't know how to defend this. I don't know how to like speak on it, you know? Okay, now let's go ahead and dive into these. So first I want to do, just pulling up my phone because I screenshotted the questions that you guys dropped. So the first question that I got, and I promised everyone I would keep these anonymous, so I'm not going to say who the questions are from, but the first question I got was, are you still triggered by past traumas? Now, I don't know if this is referring to like a specific trauma that you maybe had in mind or anything, but the answer is absolutely yes. Like, I get triggered often. However, I have been working really deeply on emotional intelligence for a while now. So for me, when a trigger comes up and I'm not perfect, like I definitely, you know, still just straight up get triggered and whatever and have my responses and my reactions to things. But more than ever, what I've been really working on is just observing, right? So observing myself, observing the reaction that I'm having and not looking at it with any kind of shame or guilt or like making myself wrong for having those feelings, but just saying, okay, let's have this feeling. Let's let it come through. Let's feel it. Let's like fully let ourselves feel it, even though a lot of times it's very uncomfortable. And let's see what's going on beneath the surface. Like, let's see why this is coming up right now and why it is making us so uncomfortable and potentially also what the trauma is there like what what is the trauma that that this is coming from right so you know trauma is one of those things that for a long time you know i was like oh i don't have trauma you know i wasn't like kidnapped and held in like a cage for you know my entire life or something like i thought that it had to be that level of intense to say that you had trauma but that's not the case. And I've definitely had a lot of trauma in my life in so many ways. And I think especially, you know, um, the things that come up the most often that I will say I deal with the most often is, um, 
you know, when you're in the same situations and the same circumstances, right? So for instance, like my my first business experiences, I was in an MLM. If you have been following me for that long, you know I was a part of Beachbody. And I feel like a lot of my experiences in that and a lot of what I learned there, um, that kind of stuff, like I get triggered by that kind of stuff pretty often, if that makes sense. So like a lot of those old experiences, old beliefs, old self-doubt and old feelings of like failure and stuff that came up from my very first experiences of being in business come up a good amount because I am still in business and I am still a solopreneur. I still own, yeah, I still like work in the online space and my Instagram and a lot of these things, like even this podcast, when I first started it, I was still a part of Beachbody and that, you know, there's nothing against the company really. I liked the products. I still stand by what I did, but I just had a lot of experiences within that, that, you know, definitely created some traumas, experiences, I think within my body, within my psyche and stuff. So a lot of definitely feelings of failure came from that too, because ultimately I wasn't able to make that business successful and I lost a lot of money in the process. So I think a lot of financial beliefs about myself, a lot of, um, like success belief about myself, old things like that still come up a lot for me. Although honestly, I've processed through a lot of it and I feel like I'm like I'm doing so much better, but it's really just about staying on top of it and consistently doing the work. And yeah, when those things come up, like I now see it more so as an opportunity. I feel the feeling sometimes like depending on what it is, I grab my journal, I write it out and you know, I try not to, it's okay to be triggered, but I try not to act or lash out based on those triggers, if that makes sense. And I try to have emotional intelligence. So I hope that answers that question. Uh, Overall, yes, I do still get triggered by past traumas. Okay. Next question. Do you want more babies? Do I want more babies? So this is actually a little bit of a tricky question because (laughs) during my last pregnancy with my second baby, I was like, this is it. We're done after this. I'm not doing this again. I'm not having another baby. We're like, our family is complete with two kids, whatever. And then labor, hated it. (laughs) Again, I think I'm gonna have to do a separate podcast just about my labor um, because it was so different from the first and not necessarily in like a it's in some ways different good, in some ways different bad, just different. Um, but literally after having him, my sweet little boy, who's now like getting close to being seven months old and I can't even deal, um, pretty much as soon as I had him, I was like, I want to have another one. And I was like, that makes no sense. This pregnancy was miserable. I hated just about every second of it. I had such bad prenatal depression. This labor, like it sucked overall. Yes, it was quicker. It was shorter than the first time around, but like I hated it. I didn't enjoy it. And I'm like, well, if I, if I had another baby, like I don't, I don't even want to do all of that again. I don't want to do pregnancy again, essentially like put my life on hold for an entire year because I don't feel like myself while I'm pregnant and I am essentially sick the entire time. But at the same time, I'm like, but I want another one. And 
while I do have moments where I feel like I would be very happy to just have my two miracle babies. That is way more than I ever thought I would get. They are perfect and magical and amazing and I love them both so much and our family is just the greatest thing. But at the same time, uh, part of me does want another one and I just, I, I'm almost annoyed with myself for, for like <laughs> even saying that and admitting it. Um, because also it's a lot to handle, right? Like every new child is amazing and magical, but also there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it and you have to like reconfigure things. And I just don't even know how it would work. So really it's one of those things where my heart says, yes, my head says, I'm not sure it's a good idea. And I want, if we do choose to have a third baby. I want to make sure that it is a good decision for all parties involved. It's going to be a good decision for my two babies I already have. It's going to be a good decision for my husband and I. It's going to be, you know, the right thing for our family versus just, you know, feeling like, yeah, I want to do it again. I want to have another baby because I love my babies. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be um, coming from a place that we're in a really good place. And that's what it was when we had, when we got pregnant with my second, we had a really hard time, but got to a beautiful place before I got pregnant. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a few things that realistically I'd want to be different, probably like financially and, you know, maybe where we live. I, I love where we live also. And I'm very happy with all of these things, but yeah, just to have another baby, I feel like there's some things I would want to be a bit different. So it's a long answer to a short question, but that's kind of where I'm at when it comes to having another baby. Part of me like wants to do it again. And I also know that it probably wouldn't be good to do it right now. Oh, it's so tough. I don't even know. Honestly, I have all of my, um, my son's like baby stuff and all of my maternity stuff like packed up in boxes and I keep just asking myself, am I going to take this stuff to Goodwill? Am I going to pack it away just in case I decide to have another one? And I don't know. And part of me is like, well, you know, if I trust myself to be really successful in my business, then that means that if I do get pregnant again, if I have another baby that I can just, I'll have the financial means to easily be able to buy them and myself new clothes, right? Because it's part of like, you know, strengthening that trust muscle, the muscle of trusting in myself that I can succeed and that I can have things look the way that I want them to. So this is like, I know this is the way my brain works. There's so many layers to the answer on that question. Okay. Next question. Thoughts on tantric yoga. Okay. So two things about this question. First of all, when I read tantric yoga, I automatically thought of tantric sex because I had never actually heard of tantric yoga. I'd only heard of tantric sex. And the reason I had even heard about that is because I have a friend who I absolutely love who um, had told me about it years ago. And like it was something that she had explored with her partner and they had done this whole like tantric sex thing. And it was really, it sounded really cool. Um, I don't know that I have the, well, Currently, I definitely don't have the time or space for that. Having two kids, there's like no way. Because a lot of times tantric sex is about, it's 
is a lot of time. Like it sounds really amazing and beautiful, um, but it's definitely like you need a time and space type of thing. Um, however, I then looked up tantric yoga specifically, and I want to read you guys a little bit of what I found so that you can know what it is. And then I will tell you my thoughts. Um, okay. So, and I want to talk, I'm going to read the difference between tantric yoga and tantric sex so that you guys know. So tantric yoga and tantric sex are from two different branches of tantra. Traditionally, tantra is divided into red tantra and white tantra. White tantra is the solo practice, which incorporates yoga and meditation. Red tantra is the sexual practice that you do with a partner. While both use sexual energy, the goal of the two practices is different. The goal of the red tantra is to create a deeper bond with a partner, while white tantra is about creating a deeper bond with yourself. While the Western practice of tantra might suggest otherwise, you actually can't have red tantra without the white tantra, according to Piper. Red tantra is your opportunity to bring everything you've learned into your solo practice into an exchange with a lover, explains Piper. No solo practice, no way to bring that to a lover. Tantric yoga can still make you a better lover, says Rose, who has used tantric yoga to help people overcome dependence on porn or erotica, premature ejaculation, and erectile dysfunction. Okay, I don't really care about the end part. But, so, I am all about sexual empowerment and tuning in and tapping into the power within you and your own sexuality. Your, I think there is so much power and so much joy and so much to be said about just owning all of who you are which includes your sexuality and it includes you know that feeling of being sensual and feeling within yourself like feeling sexy right and like owning within yourself this like beautiful energy and it's not about you know, um, this isn't about gender. It's not about who you're attracted to or what you're attracted to. This is about, you know, like you and owning yourself and tapping into that part of you that is about your own deep, like sexual gratification and, um, pleasure and owning all of that. And there's so much, within that that has to do with enhancing our lives and feeling joy and confidence and comfort comfort in our own body and just like owning ourselves and that is such a huge piece even in healing and really truly like having an incredible life so while I haven't personally done tantric yoga I do a lot of work for myself and I oftentimes encourage my clients, <laughs> not everyone is open to it, but to really like tapping into the sensuality that lives inside of you and like learning to own and love yourself. And that goes beyond like, I love myself. I am great. I am wonderful. You know, it's not like that. This is like much deeper. It's like a deep crimson red energy. This is like your root chakra energy your womb healing which i have a womb healing that's available um when you subscribe to my mailing list you should get that <coughs> as well as just like exploring 
your body and getting to know your body and just tapping into all of the luscious beauty and amazingness that lives there in that space and within you. And oh, I love it so much. So I hope that answers your question. Again, I don't know specifically too, too much about tantric yoga, but if that's what it's all about and it sounds like that's what it's all about, then I am for it. Self-exploration, self-sexuality, like mm, love it, embrace it, get to know yourself and what turns you on. And like, it's not about anyone else or anything else. It's about you. Yes. Okay. All right. Next question, your top five things for maintaining healthy hormones and skin after babies. Okay, so the biggest thing, number one, number one biggest thing is creating time and space for yourself, your stress levels. Because once you have a baby, your own self-care is secondary. Naturally, as women as mothers as parents um you know whatever walk of life you're coming from when you become a mother when you have a baby your hormones are all jacked up first of all but just your whole sense of self you have to figure out your identity again and figure out who you are you know marrying maybe your career aspirations and your identity as a mother and then there's your identity as a wife and then there's your identity as yourself so there's like so many pieces there that we have to learn to kind of create this new identity and so anywhere that you can find time and space for you like just to make you really happy I think is paramount and maybe that doesn't sound related but when you're stressed it's going to impact your hormones. When you're stressed, it's going to impact your skin. It's going to impact your gut, right? These things are all connected. And when we ignore the mental, emotional, and just try to do, you know, like supplements and uh, food or whatever, we're ignoring a giant piece in the puzzle when it comes to um, hormone and skin health. So that's definitely a big one. Finding time and space for yourself. And this is going to be really hard to do, especially when your baby's really little. As they get a little bit older, if you, you know, if they start sleeping through the night or you sleep train or whatever, you know, there's so many different things for so many different people. Um, for me, though, I really had to intentionally carve out that time. It did not just appear at all. So it has to be something that you really intentionally carve out, whether that's with childcare or, you know, you um, controlling your schedule in whatever way that you can do. So waking up before your baby wakes up, if they kind of wake up cyclically at a particular time. Um, so giving yourself time to journal, to do breath work, to breathe, to go for walks, to wash your hair, take a shower, do your makeup, whatever it is that makes you feel good. I can't tell you what that is, but, um, carving out some time for you every single day, because otherwise it's way too easy to neglect yourself and, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get stressed. And keep in mind, even carving out this time for you, you're still probably going to get overwhelmed and stressed. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that by any means. It is normal. It is healthy. Let yourself feel those emotions. Let it come up. See what's going on in, underneath it. Maybe we need some better boundaries. Maybe we need more time. And maybe we need to figure out a way for that to happen. Maybe it's 
uh, a mother coming in, a grandmother coming in, maybe it's a friend, I mean, whatever that looks like for you. Every, you know, there's so many different dynamics there. Um, okay. Next thing I will say is, you know, trying, I think after having a baby, the food thing can be tough, especially because with breastfeeding, if you are breastfeeding, which, you know, you don't have to be by any means, fed is best, but you know, if you're breastfeeding, then there's still regulations and stuff. And there's still a lot that you can't do as far as like detox and things like that go. And your body has a lot of healing and recovering to do after having a baby. Um, but if you can, if you're able to get a food sensitivity test, I highly recommend getting the MRT mediator release test and following that so that you have a really easy way to know the foods that are going to work best for your body and the foods that you're reactive to. And likely if you're reactive to it, your baby's going to be reactive to it also. So if you can get a food sensitivity test, specifically the MRT, a lot of IgG stick tests just kind of suck. Um, if you can do so, then I highly recommend doing that as well. Uh, the next thing, of course, hydrating. It's really easy to get dehydrated as a new mom. Um, yeah, again, especially if you're breastfeeding, hydrating is huge and not just with water, but like making sure that you're getting in electrolytes, things like coconut milk, uh, not coconut milk. Oh my God. Coconut water. <laughs> uh, coconut milk is great too. Make sure you're getting enough fats. Make sure that you're just eating enough in general. You're not sleeping really as a new mom. So you know, as much as you can help your body restore and get those stress levels <laughs> in line as much as you can, that's really kind of key. So when you're in a high stress state and you're not sleeping through the night because your baby isn't sleeping through the night, um, it's really important that you're eating throughout the day. So this is not a time to be doing anything like intermittent fasting. This is not a time to be skipping your breakfast or skipping meals, which is really easy to do when you have a new baby uh, and an older baby too. And like with kids in general, you have to learn you have to relearn how to take care of yourself plus take care of them. It doesn't, it doesn't really come naturally. The natural thing to do is to completely neglect yourself and just take care of your kid. And then we end up in a bad place. At least that was my experience. So, uh, okay. So I think that was what three and then, um, five things. Oh, four, let's say, um, managing your gut health. So I would definitely keep up with, uh, probiotics. My favorite one is by hyperbiotics and it is specifically for, uh, pregnant and nursing mothers. So even if you're not nursing, if you went through a pregnancy and your body's recovering from that, I highly recommend it. I think it's called pro moms. I love that probiotic. And then, um, cause that's going to help support your gut, help support your digestion because with pregnancy, your gut takes a huge hit. Your liver takes a huge hit. So whenever you can start back up something like coffee enemas, that'd be really great for your liver. But, um, that's kind of a little bit further down the line kind of thing. And then, yeah, keep up with your prenatals as well. Uh, some people do break out from biotin. So if your prenatal is biotin and I guess be wary of that, but ultimately you're probably going to be fine. Um, now one thing that a lot of people don't know is that one of the biggest challenges actually is not necessarily while you're breastfeeding post-pregnancy, but if you are breastfeeding and then you wean your baby, that's another time that your hormones can be super challenging and your body is purging a lot of stuff and it's finally kind of in a space where it can prioritize healing itself versus prioritizing, you know, producing milk for the baby. Um, so it's really kind of a huge hormonal shift in our bodies. And, you know, for some of us, like you might not have a cycle prior to that 
and you know your body then has to pick up on having a cycle again it, but everyone's body is so different that it's hard for me to say outside of kind of all of that general stuff uh, one other thing for your skin specifically is that i find post-pregnancy skin tends to be very dry so serums are really great um yeah moisturize hydrate i love the ordinary uh, you still want to avoid retinols while you're breastfeeding, but you know, you can do, um, lots of nice serums. Vitamin C serums are really great. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's all I've got for that one. So I hope that helps. Okay. Last question. I feel like we got a little solemn with that last one. Okay. Last question. What was the moment in your life when you decided you wanted to live a better life? So. I actually remember this very distinctly because for me, the beginning of my evolution began with my food. And yes, it has absolutely grown and evolved from there. You know, my food is a very small focus in my life at this point. My skin is practically not a focus at all anymore. Um... You know, now my my focus and my goal is like that next level, right? My next level of like incredible amazingness, growth, amazing relationships. And, um, you know, I'm kind of like working on the next thing and I always will be working on the next thing. This work is for a lifetime. I'm never going to be done with reaching and working for that next thing while also being very happy and complete in the moment. So I'm not working towards the next thing because I feel unsatisfied or something is missing. I'm working for the next thing just because I want to, because I desire it, because it feels really good and I always want more and I always want to be better. But when this began, I was sitting at my desk job. At the time, I was a receptionist and I worked for Regis and it was a corporate job. I had to wear a suit every day. I was, I guess probably 22 at the time. I was 22. I was on the pill. I was like, I don't know, 25 pounds more than what I typically weigh, which right now, by the way, I think I weigh more than that, but it's, I'm in like such a different phase in my life right now than I was then. Like then it was unhealthy. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt really gross. I was constipated all the time. I had hemorrhoids. I, um, what else? My skin sucked. I was on the pill. Yeah, it was just honestly so much, it was just all bad. <laughs> I was such a different person. It's insane how much can change. So this is the beginning of 2013. And I remember it was January of 2013. And I had a friend who was doing the master cleanse. And I just remember kind of like having this moment, this like, it just like clicked. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to keep going like this. I think I had just eaten like a, a bag of raisinets or like a Snickers bar or something. And at the time, I definitely was struggling with um, a lot of like insulin problems. And I would feel really sick after eating sugar. And I just, oh my gosh, I just felt pretty gross all the time, really. I had no energy. I just felt real yucky. I felt real, real yucky, you guys. And so... I remember sitting there and I think, yeah, I just eaten some, some big candy and it was like, it like hit me like a wave and I just felt so disgusting. And it wasn't like an emotional, like, oh, I ate badly. I felt like I didn't have guilt about what I had eaten, but physically I felt 
disgusting. Like I even almost felt like nauseous. I was just like, I can't keep going like this. Like I cannot keep doing this to myself. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And then I was like, you know what? This master cleanse thing, it's crazy. And prior to that, I had done like a three-day juice cleanse and really struggled with it. And I remember being like, I could never do the master cleanse. Like that was something I had said. I said I could never do the master cleanse. But my friend was doing it and I was like, you know what? I, I drew a line in the sand. I was like, I'm done. I'm done feeling like this. I'm done living my life like this. I'm done eating like this. Like I'm just done with this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And so I did something super drastic, which I don't necessarily recommend. And I don't, I don't like recommend the master cleanse, but for me, that was the beginning and it cleansed me out like crazy and I detoxed like crazy. And that was the first time that I made any kind of connection between my food and my skin. And I finally felt good after doing it. Now, again, don't necessarily recommend that. However, for me, like, I think we all, when we make a change in our lives, there's this like line in the sand moment, right? Where you're just like, I'm not doing this anymore. It doesn't matter. Like, I just am not doing this anymore. Do you know? And so similarly, about eight months later, so in August of that same year, I did the master cleanse again. That time I didn't have a great experience with it. Um, I didn't feel too great. I continued to break out while I was doing it. I was still on the pill that whole time, keep in mind. Um, yeah, but it was during that second master cleanse that I researched or my sister-in-law told me about paleo. She was like, have you heard of this thing? You get to eat a lot of meat. I think you might like it, but you can't have like grains or dairy. And I was like, wait, so you can't have pasta or bread? Like, what do you eat if you don't eat pasta and bread? <laughs> I had already cut out dairy after my first uh, master cleanse at the beginning of 2013. And then um, during the second one, so I think between there, I was still like eating quote unquote healthy. Like I ate a lot of whole grain pasta, whole grain bread. You know, I didn't look at all into like gluten-free. Anyway, found out about paleo. And then I, that was another thing I said, I could never do it. I could never not eat bread. I could never not eat pasta. And then I remember doing some Googling and I found Elena's pantry and I found a recipe for an almond flour banana bread. And I was like, oh my God. I can still eat bread. I can do this shit. And you know, when I first went paleo, I was one of those people who like made a lot of paleo bread and I made a lot of the paleo stuff. And then eventually you just like your attachment to those things kind of goes away. So, and I mean, now the way I eat is entirely different also because I go based on my food sensitivities, which, you know, I am sensitive to a lot of things that I cut out while being on paleo. I'm legitimately sensitive to dairy. I am sensitive to soy. I am sensitive to tomatoes and a little bit to potatoes. And, you know, so there's a, and I'm, I'm definitely sensitive to gluten. So like, there's a lot of things that I am sensitive to that I eliminated by being paleo. So I'm not like anti the paleo diet, but I'm just a lot more for eating for your body specifically. And I think a great way that we can learn about our bodies is by doing a food sensitivity test. Um, so, but that was kind of like my moment. I, yeah, I, I remember it very distinctly. And then I remember deciding to do the master cleanse and it was crazy, but I did it. And also like, 
the feeling of accomplishing something like that is really, it means something, you know, because it strengthens your belief in yourself. It strengthens your own self-worth because it's like, I was, I felt that I was worthy enough that I was worth putting in that effort and the commitment that I made to myself was worth something. It meant something to me. And so I stuck to it, right? No one forced me to stick to it. No one made me stick to it. I didn't have anyone telling me I should do it. I did it for me. And that was the beginning of my journey of finding my own self-worth and my own value and owning that I was worth something, that I wasn't a waste of space, that I wasn't a piece of shit as much as that's like terrible. I spent so much of my life hating myself. Even after getting married, you know, getting married doesn't fix your own self-confidence issues. So those were all the questions I got, you guys. So there weren't too many. I got five questions and I'm so grateful to those of you who participated because this is a lot of fun. Maybe I will do one of these again and hopefully I'll get more questions and uh, I can give you guys more juicy information. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is, that's all I've got for you today. But this, this was a lot of fun. I hope that you enjoyed this episode because yeah, I really did have a good time uh, recording it for you. And I had my glass of wine. I paused here and there and actually <laughs> the air here where I live is like very dry right now. So I actually had to pause quite a few times to cough and, uh, yeah, <laughs> drink a little bit of wine and then keep on keeping on. So, uh, yeah, I hope you found this juicy and if not, so sorry, not sorry. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how much I love you all and how honored I am to be in a space to be leading you in this way. So thank you for showing up for you. Thank you for being here with me. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button for this podcast. If you leave a rating and review, I would super appreciate it. That is really how this podcast grows, how it gets visibility, and that's really how I'm able to continue doing this for all of you and continue showing up and really making all of this possible. Now, if you want to connect with me on any other platform, you can always find me at Ethereal Beings Wellness over on Instagram, on Facebook. On Facebook, you can also find my personal page, which is Harmony C. Patton, but really I'm mostly active on Instagram and I love Instagram stories. I'm obsessed. I'm on there pretty often. So I'd love to see you guys over there and make sure if you are listening to the podcast or doing anything that I've talked about on the podcast or even on Instagram, make sure you tag me because I love to share you guys. I love to repost you in my stories, sometimes even in my feed, depending on what it is. So tag me. Don't be shy. I love to interact with you and meet you and talk to you. I do this for you guys and for me. I love y'all so much. Have a great day. I'll see you in the next one.